What is up, guys? We are live action. This is Dr. Andre Pinesett, the study doc. And today we're talking about Kobe. If you have not heard, I don't know how you could not have heard, uh, but Kobe passed away yesterday and his daughter Gigi in a helicopter crash. And today we're going to talk about key important lessons from Kobe Bryant that I think all of you guys can benefit from, including from the time I met Kobe Bryant. So sit back, enjoy this, guys. Get this greatness. Let this mamba roll over you. Let's get it. But stop making excuses. Stop whining. Stop. Right? Get at it. No excuses. Just dominate. All right, guys. So we are live. Live, live, live. What is up, everyone? Hello. How are we doing? Um, thank you to everyone who messaged me yesterday. All my students know I'm a big, big um, fan and uh, supporter and carer of Kobe. Um, because there were so many things that I thought that he embodied that we all should try to get at. And so today I want to talk to you about a couple of things that I think are super important for us to know and understand about Kobe and how it applies to you guys as students and as pre-meds and in reaching your greatness. Who ready for this, y'all? Sally, hello. Stephen, hello. Meryl, I just talked to you yesterday on the phone. What up? Um, Harpreet, 23 Knows All. Um, Saleha. Um, yes, you were hoping I would discuss this. I'm discussing it. Chima, what up? Abdullah, yeah, cannot succeed in pre-med without the uh, mama mentality. And RIP for sure, Junior. Uh, Chris, what up? So I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not sad, right? Like I, I, I met Kobe once. I don't know Kobe. Like he's not my family, but I think it's a tragedy when anyone who's young dies. I think being a physician, you have a great appreciation for how fragile life is. Because the number one thing that I hear from like patient families, whenever there's a death, whenever I have to tell someone, hey, your family member has passed away, it's always, this is so unexpected, right? So I, I think you realize that death is never expected. It's never a good time for someone to die, and we can die at any moment. So we should all take advantage of that. And I think the first way that we take advantage of that is our first lesson in Kobe Bryant is preparation. Preparation. So many of us fail because we don't do the preparation. I said it this weekend, I was at a conference and I said, you feel doubt, you feel uncertainty that you're gonna reach your, your dream. The reason you have doubt is because you haven't informed yourself enough, you haven't developed the skills enough to be able to put together a plan, enact that plan, carry that plan through to get to your goal and as a result, you're uncertain and you feel doubt. And I said, you have high aspirations. Getting to medical school is difficult. It is hard. It is for the few, not for the many. It's for the few. And your aspirations are big, medical school. But your preparation is small time. And I said, you will not succeed. You will not feel confident until your preparation meets your aspiration. And for many of you guys as students, you haven't learned the value, the importance of preparation, and you don't understand what true high-level preparation is and the preparation it takes to create success. Your preparation is lacking. And the one time I met Kobe Bryant, he said no words to me, hand out like that. It was wonderful. I went to UC Irvine. Kobe Bryant lives in Newport Beach. He used to work out at UC Irvine all the time. I had a buddy who worked at the Anteater Recreation Center. We had this beautiful gym. 
And I had a buddy who worked there who would sneak me in. I'd watch Kobe work out in the mornings. He'd come super early in the morning before the sun was up, and he'd work out for a couple hours and then get out of the gym. And so I'd go and I'd watch him in it. And he'd recreation center, if you guys have ever been there, probably not. There's a track, like a floating, they call it a floating track, but it's a track elevated above the, the basketball court. So I would sit up on that track and I would watch. And to understand Kobe Bryant <laughs> and, and, and what his work ethic is, is insane. A lot of people think that Kobe was great because he was athletic. He was 6'6", but there are a lot of athletic. There are a lot of 6'6 people. I was actually at the conference this weekend. I was talking to someone who played professionally, played professional football. And he was saying, you know, I was always bigger and just more athletic than everybody at lower levels. And then as I got higher, that wasn't enough. It's like in the NFL to really hang. And he's like, my career wasn't what it could have been because I didn't value the preparation. I relied on my athleticism. I relied on my natural gifts and I didn't hone it. And to watch Kobe work out and to see him go at it in the gym at like five, four in the morning and to see him act like it's game seven, he's sweating, he's running, he's cursing at the ball guy who's supposed to be getting the ball. He's cursing the guy who's trying to fit him, who's not working hard enough, not making him work, not making him sweat, not helping him get better. He's that intense at four in the morning for every single, there's no cameras there, there's nobody there. This is off season. This is just him coming to get his offseason workout in, and he's acting like tomorrow they're playing game seven. And that level of preparation, when I saw that, it was it was the moment that I was like, oh my gosh, I, I, I like this is the guy. Like this this guy is the man. Like I see now why he's so great. I love everything he does on the court, but when you watch him practice and you recognize the the detailed, the grueling preparation that he puts in to be that greatness. The appreciation for him, it just it went off the charts. And watching him go that hard, it reminded me. I was a pretty decent athlete back back in my day. I was a pretty decent athlete. I was a good baseball player, good basketball player. Particularly in baseball, I was very, very good. And when I saw him practicing that hard, it created clarity for me on my childhood. You guys know, I always say my dad is crazy, right? He's like, if you guys think I'm intense, my dad's intense to the 10th. And when I was a kid, it would be summertime. And I, you know, summertime is what? As you're your kid, it's time to relax. You don't go to school, you don't sleep in. And my dad used to wake us up at five in the morning. And I used to be so mad. He'd wake us up at five in the morning. We'd still be sleep. We'd still be in the clothes we slept in, pack us in the car. My mom would come and we would go to the park. And we'd go to the park and he would start hitting grounders. I'll never forget it. I would be there with my glove on, half asleep, and he would hit one real hard, not at me, just near me <laughs> to wake me up. And then he would just be blitzing, just like, I mean, smoking grounders at me for the next hour, just hitting grounders, hitting grounders. And I'd be like, all mad, I'm crying. Why are we doing this? Why are we doing this? I'm upset. I have to field the ball. I have to throw it to first base. My mom's on first base with her long nails trying to catch with my glove, like with my, my backup first base glove on. And we would do this. And I can remember doing this when I was like eight years old. And we'd go out and we'd do these and we'd do this all summer, all summer, all summer. And I used to hate it. And like I said, I used to be crying tears, snot all in my nose. This is happening. The ball hit me in the shin. I'm like, Dad, you hit it too hard. Hit me in the shin. And he says, well, put your glove there and it won't hit you in the shin. And it's good logic, right? But that's what he would say, right? And this whole thing would go down. And uh, <laughs> I used to be so mad about it. And then as I got older and I had success in baseball, and I was like, man, you're amazing. You're so gifted. You're all these things. I'm like, 
these cats don't recognize how many grounders I've taken off the side of my dome or off my shoulder or whatever in all these mornings. They don't recognize that preparation. So when I saw Kobe doing those things in the morning, it reminded me of that, right? And brought it full circle to, 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 to even make me appreciate more that my parents are trying to push me to greatness. And so I took that work ethic from my parents. One of the big reasons I'm successful is both my parents, my mother and my father, who weren't right high-level academics, but understood the value of hard work and preparation and instilled that in me and said, no, you're going to be prepared. You're going to be the hardest worker. You're going to do those things because those things don't require the talent. Those are the easiest things you can do is effort, is hustle, is preparation, is knowing I've got this coming up. I'm going to be the most prepared. And I sell this to say that many of you guys have med school aspirations like Kobe, right? Being the greatest, right? That it fueled him to be the greatest. He wanted to be the single greatest, wanted to be better than Michael. A lot of you guys say you have aspirations for medical school, but your preparation is lacking. Your intensity is lacking. Your ferocity is lacking. Right? We say mama mentality, and what does that mean? People are like, oh, it's, it's this killer instinct and I'm going to destroy you. Yes. But the bigger part of mama mentality, which a lot of people miss, is that I'm going to work so hard. I'm going to prepare so hard that I have the ability to strike and kill you surgically at will. There's a big difference. Does everybody understand what I'm saying right now? Kobe understood if I want to be that great, I want to be that surgical, I want to be able to take it to anybody at any moment on any court, it doesn't happen in that moment. It's not like, oh, yeah, I'm tough yeah, in that moment. No, it's 4 a.m. at the gym, getting the skill set, getting the muscle memory to be able in that moment to do whatever you want on any point of the court. And for you guys as students, that same level of preparation and understanding that People say, oh, yeah, I'm going to be a super student. And they have like, they act like it's an attitude, like a switch. It's more than that. You can't just switch it on in when the moment's there, when, when it's test day, right? For people who have test anxiety, and then just flip on. Where's your preparation to make that happen? Where is your mentality to be intense in practice, right? What's the old thing? Practice like you play. You should be trying to make your practice harder than any game. When you study, you should be intense. You should be focused. Right? What do I call it? My students, what do, what do I call our perspective, our approach? When we're studying, what's my word for the level of focus we have? What is it called? Focused intention. Focused intensity, where I'm studying and I'm so intense about it that I'm literally trying to develop x-ray vision and see through the page. That I'm literally so in the material that no distraction could get to me. My ears are off because my eyes are on. I'm in the material with a focused intention and a focused intensity that is unmatched. The ferocity with which I study. The ferocity. And for you guys, that's why I'm always making fun of people who do highlighting and calligraphy all over their social media and they act like they're teaching you something about studying. 
They're teaching you that it's dandelions. You know what it is? Let's go back to a sports analogy. My kid played t-ball last year. The people who show you highlighters and calligraphy in their notes are the people who are out there, the five-year-olds out there on the field, picking dandelions out in the outfield. The kid who's laying down with his glove off, that's what they are. No focus, no intensity. If you're focused and you're in the material, you don't have time to grab 15 different highlighters. You don't have time to perfect your calligraphy because you're too in the material. You're dedicated. Your preparation is all about domination. It's all about being able to get that score when you want it, how you want it on your exams. Do you guys understand what I'm talking about? Preparation. Mamba mentality was not about all in game. Because you can't beat somebody with attitude in a, in a basketball game. <laughs> you beat them with an ability directed by an attitude. But to develop that ability, you got to have that practice. you got to have that preparation. And for you guys, if you're not getting the results you want, it's because you're not practicing with that intensity. You're not preparing like that. The second point that you guys can learn is that what makes us work hard what motivates us? I got asked this weekend by a girl in the conference who said, how do you deal with self-doubt? How do you deal with, because I, I know I want to be a doctor, but just so many days I feel like I don't know if I can do it. And I doubt myself and I question myself. How many of you guys are like that? Where you're like, man, I really want to be a doctor. I really know, like it's what I'm meant to be, but I just don't know if I can get there. How many of you guys feel that way on certain days? Because she asked me at this, this weekend, and then I asked the room, I said, who else feels that way? And hands went up galore, right? How many of you guys feel like, ooh, I just doubt myself, and you have this negative self-dialogue, and you're unsure of yourself, and what you have to do, and your abilities, how many of you guys struggle with that? How many of you guys struggle, right, with procrastination? You, you can't find the motivation, the will to do the work that is required for you to be successful. How many of you guys are there? Where when I say to you, you need to prepare with intensity, you're like, man, I don't have any intensity in me. I just don't, I can't, I can't get that fired up about it. I can't get that angry about it. I can't be, right? And what many of us interpret as angry, it's actually intensity. A lot of people misconstrue me. They think I'm an angry guy. I'm not angry. I'm intense. I have an intensity to me, right? This focused intensity. I am very intense. I acknowledge it. I am very intense. And the reason I'm intense is because I'm highly motivated. It matters tremendously to me how I do things, how well I do them, that I do everything to the best of my ability. Not perfect, but to the best of my ability. I don't put that kind of pressure on myself to say I'm going to be perfect, but I'm going to be my best. And if I'm not my best, I failed myself that day. That intensity, right, that leads to the preparation you need to be successful <clears throat> has to come from a place, a place of motivation inside yourself. And for me, right, where that comes from is having been told that I would never get into medical school. Comes from when, I still don't read well, but when I was a bad, bad reader back in the day in high school and the kids would popcorn read on me intentionally to hear me stumble and fumble through passages. And that adversity, that hardship, those moments that should be devastating and soul-crushing and, 
and should be things that made me want to quit are actually the things that made me want to work harder to never be in a situation like that where people could laugh at my academic abilities, where people could make a mockery of my inability to read, right? Where someone could rip my doctor dream from me in a moment, in a flash, in a second. I never wanted to feel that again. And so it fueled me. And so for you guys, what you have to do is look for your fuel. And in the case of Kobe, this is something I remember vividly again, right? Like I've been a Laker fan since birth. My dad's been a Laker fan. He still has Magic Johnson VHSs at the crib. Like, and it was kind of surreal because I was at my dad's house watching Kobe's highlights because they were playing Kobe highlights last week on NBA TV because LeBron was going to break his scoring record this this uh, this past weekend. And so he had it recorded. So we were sitting there. I'm chilling his house and watching this. And my phone started blowing up as my students and let me know like Kobe died. I'm like, what? I'm like, stop playing. Like, what? And he actually died. But one of the, the games that really stands out to me in Kobe's career that had an impact on me as an adult, as a physician, as a as a pre-med when I was that, was his first big game. Who remembers it? The year, 1997. The Lakers in the playoffs. Starting, right? It's game five. Starting, he was coming off the bench. He's a rookie, 17. And our starting shooting guard, the great Byron Scott, got hurt. Couldn't play. So Kobe was thrust into a big spot. Game five, playoffs, Utah Jazz, in Utah, Karl Malone, Stockton, who I hated growing up. Gosh darn pick and roll. Ridiculous. Can't stand that stuff, right? But the Utah Jazz, and they are playing Utah Jazz in Utah, game five. Kobe comes out, and this is the NBA, right? These are professional players. Kobe comes out, makes a move to the basket, goes to pull up, air ball. For anyone who's ever played basketball at any level, even when you're a kid, how bad does it hurt inside to shoot an air ball? <laughs> it's, it's like, oh, it didn't hit anything. It didn't hit anything? Nothing? Air ball? It's awful. It's the worst. It's terrible, right? He shot the ball and airballed. They're laughing at him. They're yelling, air ball. He's going down the court. He comes down the very next possession. The very next possession. They pass him the ball. He doesn't look to pass. Doesn't look to dribble. Grabs the ball. Shoots a three-pointer. Guess what, guys? Air ball. So now he shoots two back-to-back air balls in game five of the NBA playoffs. (laughs) So Western Conference Finals, game five. Imagine that, 17, your first year in the league, you're thrust in the spotlight, two back-to-back air balls. Kobe gets the ball again a little later. Guess what he does, guys? A third air ball. A third air ball. Three in one game? You have to be trying. You're an NBA basketball player. How do you shoot three air balls in a game? Three. The very last possession of the game. They're down three. Kobe gets the ball. They're double-teaming him. Other people may or may not be open. Kobe decides, (laughs) throw all his money on the table, pulls up for a three, shoots a fourth air ball. Four air balls, game five in Utah, in the playoffs. And 
everybody was killing him. This kid, he's too arrogant. How can he keep shooting and he's missing like that? Oh, we don't need him. It was a mistake. I can't believe we traded Vlade for him. If you guys remember that, that's how old I am. Vlade got traded for Kobe. Shout out to Vlade Divac. <laughs> right? All that adversity happens to him. The Lakers lose. They get kicked out of the playoffs. And Kobe has to sit on that all offseason. All offseason. That's a moment of tremendous adversity and a moment that if you don't have your head on right, can break you. But for those, right, who are going to succeed, we take those moments, we harness those moments, and we use those moments as fuel for the intense preparation that's required to never have that happen again, to have better success, greater success in the future. And Kobe worked his butt off that offseason. And the next year he came back, his second year in the league, led one of the best teams in the Western Conference, was the third leading scorer, was runner-up for sixth man of the year his second year, and the rest is history for his Hall of Fame career. And what's amazing is, is that someone caught up with him in 2014, I believe this is from, and asked him about that game and what that, that offseason was like and what that moment was for him. And he said, it was big adversity. It could have led to a lot of self-doubt. So something along those lines, okay? So it was a moment of adversity. It was public shaming. And it was a moment that could have caused him to doubt himself and to break him. He said in that moment, 2014, that he looks back on it fondly. It was pure misery. And he says, that moment changed my NBA career. He came into the league very confident, very confident. He had thrived in high school. Everybody told him he was this great player and he believed in his mind he was great. What he didn't realize was that greatness, right? People say, I forget the exact quote, but right, the rent on greatness is due every day or something like that. The rent on, on success is due every day is that he had to work more to get greater and greater and that he could not stop working. He had to match what people were saying was his greatness with a work ethic. And so he says that moment was a deciding moment, a definitive moment in his career because it made him understand the importance of preparation. It made him understand here's what happens when a moment presents itself, an opportunity presents itself, and you aren't ready. It's a big smack in the face, right? All the public scrutiny, all this, a moment of misery made it clear to him. He had to stumble. He had to fall. He had to face adversity. He had to have misery to have an appreciation for what a lack of preparation, a lack of hard work results in. And again, reading this interview and thinking about that and remembering that game, what you guys don't understand, again, people think that I'm mean. I got accused of being mean and attacking someone this weekend on Saturday. And I'm going to tell you guys a story because it's so important here. A student just took the MCAT two months ago, got her score back, didn't score well, scored terribly, according to her. She was wondering if two months was enough time to retake it. What do you guys think? You do terrible in the MCAT, get your score back, and you're going to retake it two months from now. Is that a good idea? Kasim, what up? What do you guys think? 
Took the MCAT two months ago. Get your score back. You didn't do well. You're going to take it again in two months. Is that a good idea? Okay, I see terrible from Sally. Harpreet says nope. Robin says nope. Abdullah says depends. Uh, Jock says nah. The correct answer is Abdullah's. It depends. <laughs> right? Because it depends on how far away you're from your score you are and what changes you're going to make. And so the student I was talking to, it's all kind of irrelevant, but went from being, was having a more busy term this term, had a lot more on her plate, had a lot more going on, and didn't have a clear plan of what she was going to change to do differently. And so my intensity hurt her feelings. And if she's watching or if anybody knows her watching, I, I, I already messaged her and apologized. And I feel terrible if I hurt anyone's feelings. She mistook my intensity for anger. I was pleading with her, begging for her not to take that MCAT and to push it back and to do it right so she can get into medical school. And that she thought I was angry. It's not angry. I was intense. And there's a difference. And so what you guys don't understand is that when your parents say, when you get to be my age, you'll understand. What I'm telling you is for your own good. They're telling you, they're teaching you from a place of misery because they've already made the mistake you're about to make. They know the consequence of the decision, of the action you're thinking about making, you're about to make, right? When my kid's about to run in the street and I yell, no, and he gets scared, he doesn't understand. I'm not angry with him. It's an intensity because I know if you step out in that street, you're going to get hit by that car. It's an experience. I know this. Some of you guys haven't hit misery yet. You do well in high school. You're the valedictorian. You're a super great student. Everyone's kissing up to you, telling you how amazing you are. Give a speech. Tell us how great you are. You're going to a top college. You're amazing. You're going to do great. And you guys are Kobe rookie year. You think your greatness in high school matters at the college level. You think your greatness at the college level matters in medical school. You think your greatness is forever. And you're going to not do the preparation. And in the end, you're going to face the dire consequences of that lack of preparation. You're going to have a hard mode of misery. And unlike the NBA, which has a new season every year, you get one life. You get one opportunity to make college a success. For my students who are seniors or non-traditionals with low GPAs, how hard is life right now? I want you guys to share, comment right now to help these young cats. Spread your misery so they know what it is and why they should have the intensity. Because what's happening is they don't have the motivation because they don't know the pain. They don't know the pain of the letdown of not being able to get in medical when you want to. They don't know the pain of the letdown of having the Fs on your transcripts, not being able to get the scholarships, not being able to take part in opportunities. They don't understand that pain yet. I encourage all of you guys, learn from my pain. Learn from other people's pain so you don't have to shoot four air balls in the playoffs. You don't have to be unprepared to get into medical school. You don't have to fail. And it's interesting that so often I go out to conferences. I'll tell you a story of one girl. A couple of years back, she was at Stanford. She's a Stanford undergrad. And she was asking me about med school. And I'm like, well, listen, well, how are your grades going? She's like, oh, it's fine. Like, I, I know she was just starting out Stanford. She's like, oh, I'm fine. I don't need to learn how to study. I was valedictorian. I got into Stanford. I'm great at that. I told her about this. Right? 
And I was like, no, 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 no. From what I was hearing earlier, you need to know about this. And she's like, no, 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 I'm good. I'm good. And in the end, this woman didn't graduate in the sciences, had a low GPA, didn't go to medical school, and to this day still has not gone to medical school. This is years ago. How that feels, imagine that, guys. You're the valedictorian of your high school. You go to Stanford. You're pre-med. Everyone knows you're super smart. You're just having all the success. They're telling you how great you are. You're going to go. You're going to get there. And then you allow your false sense of greatness to prevent you from doing the work and the preparation you need to be excellent. And then you don't get in. And then what happens? That's misery. That's misery. Hey guys, I just want to take a second and let you know if you're ready, right? If you, if you are sick of living in that stress and that misery of not getting the grades you want, but still studying your whole life away and you're ready to get efficient and start getting better grades than you ever imagined in half the time, then I highly encourage you guys to look in the show notes below and get into my five pillars of studying less and getting better grades course. I put a special discount link in the box for you guys. I can turn you into an independent, confident, unstoppable student. All you have to do is say, I'm sick of the current way I go about it. And I'm ready for a new, I'm ready to be transformed. I'm ready for success. Don't delay, guys. Don't You don't have to struggle through school. Be successful. Get into my five pillars of studying less and getting better grades. Check that out below. Also, check out some of the free study trainings I have in the box below, too. Don't let your greatness pass you by and you have to all of a sudden deal with regret as opposed to getting things taken care of, having the skills, having the knowledge you need to succeed at whatever level you are at. Check it out, guys. StudentTransformation.com and in the show notes below. Understand, guys, find your motivation in those moments of misery. And if they haven't happened to you yet and you are struggling with motivation, look at those who didn't do the work. Like this guy, my first year. I had like a Kobe rookie season, basically. <laughs> I got to college. I was having a good time. I thought I was great. You know what I mean? I, I mean, I wasn't the most confident, but I was like, shoot, I'm passing my classes. I'm getting through. Oh, I'll get better. It'll happen. Right? We tell ourselves that. Like, oh, you know what? I'm just going to get through these classes. And then, you know what? Next term or next year, then I'm going to be the top student. It's going to happen. I just need my time. I just get my footing. We tell ourselves that. It's not going to happen, guys, unless you put the preparation in. You have to put that work in, and that work comes from finding that motivation, finding that pain, finding your motivation in this world to do what's required of you when it gets hard. And I thank you guys for my older people who are commenting right now, letting these young people know what that pain is because it's real, right? There's nothing that feels worse than regret. I've been punched in the ear before. I don't know if you guys have been punched in the ear. It feels terrible. Punch to the ear, horrible. Worse than a punch to the ear, regret. Worse than a punch to the ear, regret. Don't get punched in the ear. <laughs> Learn from me. And don't put yourself in a position to have regrets. Do the work that's required to be your great. With all of that, right? Understanding that there's going to be moments of adversity. Some of you guys have this whole sense, this whole pretense of perfection. I mentioned four air balls. I mentioned Kobe shooting under 50% some games, right? Sometimes it just doesn't happen. Along your journey, there's going to be moments where you aren't perfect. 
Thank you, Taylor, for answering Miriam's question. I was ignoring it. Not because I'm ignoring you, Miriam, but because it's in there. Five pillars. We have to understand, guys, no one is perfect. I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. I can tell you that. No one is perfect. All we can do is be the best we can be. And when we fall, when we stumble, when we do anything, we can work to be better the next time. And what's interesting is people are, you know, reaching out, expressing like, oh, this is sad that Kobe died. He had so much off of the world. And there's a whole other camp of people who are like, um, I don't feel bad at all. He's a rapist. And I'm not going to get into whether he raped a girl in Colorado or whatever. I feel like in our society, we sometimes have difficulty letting go of the past. We hold people, oh my gosh, this happened in 1970. This happened in blah, blah, And we hold people accountable in 2020. You tweeted this, right? The whole Kevin Hart thing. You tweeted this. But like, guys, have you never made a mistake? Have you never grown? Have you never come back from anything? Right? Have you ever said to yourself, like, oh my gosh, like, this is not who I want to be. I regret doing what I just did. I regret saying what I just did. Shoot, I've had whole years that I want to erase from my memory. Where I'm like, that was not me that year. That was not me. That was not me. And I'll tell you guys a true story. Can I get personal here for a second, guys, with you guys? I'm going to tell you, like, one of my biggest regrets in this world. I, I, I have very few regrets in this whole life. But I have one tremendous regret. This is very personal, but I'll tell it. I dated a girl in college for a long time. I thought she needed my help. And I thought I could help her and change her and make her something she wasn't in my young state, right? I can do this now because I'm old, right? But in the moment, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to change her. I'm going to save her, right? And you guys remember one of those relationships trying to save somebody, right? I was thinking all this kind of stuff. And I wasted, like, at the end, at the end, the way it all ended was I was like, listen, I can't do this anymore. I recognize it's unhealthy. And then after that, she spread false lies about me, et cetera, et cetera, also not important. But I was so upset about the fact that I had wasted years of my life with this person that I literally shaved my head. So if you guys have seen, sometimes I put the picture up. I used to have real long hair, real long hair, nice, well-maintained afro. It was beautiful. And I literally, that day, I hadn't, I'd never had my hair short in my whole life. That day, in an attempt to wipe away the regret I had about the past couple of years, I went Britney Spears 2007. And shaved my head. Because I was like, man, this hair reminds me of that person. I want to be a whole new person. Right? <laughs> I went Britney Spears 2007, y'all. That's why whenever I was talking to Josh about Britney, I was like, no, Britney, it's going to be all right. I've been there. I felt her pain, right? I knew what that was. And us who have been through that moment, we know what that is. Everybody everybody who's been in one of those relationships knew exactly what was up with Britney. She's like, damn, I got Kevin Federline. She felt it in her soul. Kevin came in, flipped her whole life upside down, and took $1,000 from her every month. It messed up her mind. We've all been there. Right? Regret is the worst. Learn from other people's mistakes so you don't have to have regret. Please. Right? So if you guys hear me on here and I'm intense and I'm yelling at you and I'm telling you and I'm calling you out and I'm holding you accountable, 
Understand, it's not because I hate you. It's because I love you enough to tell you the truth. I care enough about your future. It matters to me because I know the feeling of letting yourself down. I know the feeling of coming up short on your dreams. And I don't want that for you. I want all of you guys. Like I said, I'm on a mission, 1 million students to empower by 2025. I want every single one of you guys to never go through what I went through, to never struggle in class, to never have people laughing at your popcorn reading. I want none of that for you guys. I want you guys to have rainbows and gumdrops. I want it to be a beautiful world. I want to shelter you guys from the harshness. So I bring my harshness to scare you straight. You see that program, Scared Straight? That's me. This is Scared Straight pre-med student version. You guys know what I'm saying right now? And I say this because this is the, the third thing we can get from Kobe is understanding that growth is important. Growth matters. You will not be the best unless you grow because no one is born the best. No one is born the Kobe we all know now. Life requires growth. And to grow, the first thing that must happen is that you must be willing to receive feedback. How many of you guys or someone you know is completely closed-minded and does not respond well to feedback? What up, Omar? Right? And when you try to tell somebody who, who's hard-headed, who doesn't respond to feedback, how do, what do you think about them when you try to tell them something to help them? Right? I was just talking to Meryl a couple days ago about this. She's trying to help somebody in her medical school. What do you think about when you try to tell someone, hey, listen, uh, you know what? Uh, I don't know if you know this, um, but uh, your fly's undone, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, you try to give someone feedback and they don't, they don't recognize, like, they're like, oh, how dare you point out my fly is down? If I wanted my fly up, I would have pulled it up. And they pulled up, right? Like in that moment. We have to be open to feedback and not only open to feedback, but the people who are truly successful, who become the greatest, actively seek feedback. You guys are what I'm saying right now? Actively seek feedback. How many of you guys are seeking mentors? How many of you guys are seeking guidance? How many of you guys are looking for people not to confirm what you want to think, but are looking for people who will call you out, who will challenge you, who are not yes men, who care enough about you and your future to say, no, 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 you're in the wrong. And people call me Papa Pinson on here, but my parents never really yell at me because they know I don't respond well to yelling. I meet confrontational confrontation. But... They were always honest with me. When everyone else was pipe, pumping me up, hyping me up, telling me whatever, and I can remember it, like clearly. And this is, again, why like, I, I relate to greatness. I can remember. And I used to get so mad about it, but I, I understand now as an adult looking back on what it was. But I would get so mad because I was an amazing basketball, baseball player. And I would go and I would literally, I would have a beautiful game. I would drop 20 points, have over 10 assists. We won the game. I'm feeling sweet, right? Sweet. And then we get back to the car. My dad be like, he'd have my, all my stats written down. He used to write on envelopes. I don't know if you guys, <laughs> envelopes don't really come to people's houses anymore. I used to have, he used to carry envelopes. He'd write down my stats. He's like, yeah, you had 20 points and, and 10 here, but you didn't take five open shots. 
you had seven turnovers. You gave away these many rebounds. You didn't get back on defense these many times. And he would break down all the things I was doing wrong. And I used to get mad about it. But again, as you get older, you have wisdom and you see this person was trying to help me. He was trying to point out what I was doing wrong. Right? When when I thought, right, to this day, my, I literally got in a disagree with my mom yesterday and I love her for it. I got in a disagree with her yesterday because I was fired up about something that happened on Saturday and I was going to go, I was going to go all burn the house down about what happened Saturday. And my mom was like, no, don't do that. <laughs> She's right. Right. And then I was like, told my, my wife and I was still on the fence. I'm like, yeah, what do you think? And my wife was like, no, nah, don't, don't do it. And so having strong women, strong people in your life like that, right? My parents, whatever, having people around you who will say no. As, as great as you are, no, stop. Learn from this, do this, and provide that criticism. And so I think one of the reasons I've been successful, I think one of the reasons that COVID is successful, and this is what we're getting to, is we actively seek feedback. For people who are in my book club, you guys know the first thing we did was a Kobe article written by Jackie McMullen. If you guys can Google Jackie McMullen Kobe, it's a beautiful, long article. And we talked about it for like six hours. He was constantly seeking mentorship, advice, guidance, always for the purpose of not waiting until it got bad to have to dig himself out of a hole. He's like, why not just avoid the hole entirely? And I recognize that I myself have put people around me. I've actively sought out people around me who are smarter than me, who are tougher than me to be tough on me, who care enough about me to be real with me and to lift me up. And so I just encourage all of you guys, if you want to be great, and I said this weekend at a conference, and someone told me after that they loved that I said it. And I was like, well, I'm glad you love that I said it. Now be it. Is that I said I piss excellence. I piss excellence. And that may be like a kind of, a, again, it's not anger. It's not me being whatever. It's just, it's intensity. I feel like that's a strong statement, but I think you guys can hear how strong the statement is. I, when someone says to you, I'm excellent versus I piss excellence, what's the different little, it's like a little tang on it, right? Like, like right? It's like a, there's something on that. There's some edge to it. I piss excellence, y'all. You know how great I am? Still, I recognize I'm not perfect. I'm flawed. I make mistakes. I do things that I feel bad about. All these things, right? But I aspire to keep being that greatness. And I aspire to put people around me who are recognizing that even though I piss excellence, I could piss more excellence, right? I could be better. I could do more things. Do you guys understand what I'm saying? Does this make sense to everybody what I'm saying right now? How many of you guys, right? And actually, I met Evelyn this weekend. Erica is like literally expanding our goal to cult of greatness single-handedly. Juhi now, and now Evelyn's coming with, with her. But Evelyn was like super shy to talk to me. She was like, and I think she said something about being like starstruck or whatever. I'm like, no, I don't be like nothing like that. Like, let's talk. She's like, oh, I'm just shy. And I'm like, there's no time for shy. There's no time for shy. You got to come over here, get this feedback. You come on, ask what you need to ask me. Come on. Right? That's why like, I, I constantly, it was funny. So I'll tell you guys another personal story. Shannon got mad at me. So <laughs> we're getting personal today on this feed, but Shannon got mad at me this week because I hosted a crab dinner for my students this weekend in San Francisco. So I spoke at USF and then afterward I hosted a crab dinner for my students. That tab was over $1,500. So I spent over $1,500 on my students this weekend 
to have a dinner. So all my course students were in my courses. They come out. They have dinner with me. We had delicious. How bomb was that crab, y'all? People thought I was lying. I was like, this crab place is amazing. We went, and I paid over $1,500 for this crab dinner. Shannon's like, why would you do that? That's a lot of money. Where is that money? Oh, no, 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 no. Right? And I'm like, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. It's important that we break bread. It's important that we can sit down and we can be in this relaxed environment and eat with each other and talk and laugh. And my aunt, my auntie Donna, my aunt came, one of my favorite aunts, she came and she sat there and I was so busy talking to students. It was fine. She talked to students. She exchanged numbers with some of my students. It's beautiful, right? Like it's, it's, it's awesome. I want that kind of community. I want that kind of closeness. Why? Because then we can talk openly with each other. If you're looking for a community of like-minded students, if you're looking for someone to support you and be there for you, I'm your guy and my communities are the community and the group that you're looking for. You can join either my studying group, which is the total student transformation. It's incredible. We all meet and we talk about studying, we support each other. Or you can join my pre-med group, which is the total pre-med transformation group, which I will mentor you. I will guide you to medical school. And you have my students who are informed, who are positive, also pushing you along, helping you reach your goals. So I encourage you guys, check the links below and get over to my website, studenttransformation.com, and check out my group coaching programs, which are sure to give you the support and the guidance you need to be successful. People know that even though I'm yelling at them, like when I be chewing out, right, like, when I be chewing out students on our live coaching sessions, because I'm nice. Believe it or not, I'm less yelly on social media than I am with my coaching students, right? I can yell when my students know I love you. I care about you. Come break bread with me. Come, like, let's sit, let's chill. What's going on in your life? And I had one of the, like, I think one of the things that that keeps me knowing that my true north is truly true north is the response of my students, not necessarily in the moment, but even years later. And I had an encounter with my students who came to the crap dinner um, who had fallen off the map for quite a while and now is back on the map. And I'm so happy. I'm so thankful. And I was telling her, I'm like, man, it's so beautiful to see you and to see you this healthy and to see you on the precipice of applying to medical school. I'm so happy for you. I'm just, it, it warms my heart to see you here and like all this stuff. And she was like, yeah, it's been crazy. And she was just like, we were rapping about her story and what had gone on. And I won't get into it, but she had both her parents die. She was homeless. All these things. like, And I could go on and on. All these things happen. And what she told me was she's like, man, she's like, I remember. I hadn't talked to you in years. Because I met her at a program way back when. She's like, I hadn't talked to you in years. And I said, hey, I see you're coming to Stanford. Can you meet me and talk about some things? And without hesitation, you hadn't heard from me in years. You said absolutely, and you barred it over to. I went over all the way over to Berkeley, and I met with her, and I sat down for like two and some odd hours, and we hashed out a plan to get her back on track. And now to see her at the precipice of applying and getting in and all this kind of stuff, it was cool because at that dinner on Saturday, she was like, "I just want to tell you, like from the bottom of my heart, like everything else aside, like I just want to tell you right here to your face how much I appreciate what you said to me and how you said it." when you said it, and the fact that you continue to be available and to care and to show support and to coach, even when it's hard. Because she's like, I wasn't ready to hear it then. It hurt at first, but then I enacted the plan and now here I am. And so I just like, 
I, I, it, it makes me like every day I'm happy. Like I'm, I'm, I'm blessed to truly, truly, truly know I'm doing my thing. It's not doing anybody else's thing. People can hate me. People can not like, I'm doing my thing for my people. If you're in a room and you don't like what I say, if you're on a stream, you don't like what I say, it's not for you. Maybe that message, maybe me at all. But there's someone who needs that message. There's someone who needs that word and needs it spit in that kind of way. And so I just want you guys all to understand and to know that to you have to go out and get feedback. You have to be open to it. And that you got you, you have to be willing, you have to seek it out if you want to be great. And I'm thankful to those of you guys who are open, who recognize it's more than just a tip is not going to get me where I want to go. It's more. It's dedication. It's preparation. It's mamba mentality to be the best. And I think the reason I'm bringing this up now, I'm thinking about this, is the last point is, is that Kobe is 41 years old. He has a seven-month-old child. No day is promised beyond even today, guys. Death is never expected. We have to all remember that we have one life. It may not be long. What are you doing today to live the life you want to live? What are you doing today to live the life you want to live? Are you worrying about petty stuff or are you trying to uplift? Are you trying to love? Are you trying to care for people? Are you trying to show, are you trying to be around the people who actually matter? Or are you in some superficial world? Where, where are you at? What are you doing today to advance yourself? And I say this because I'm happy every single day, every day, because why? I treat my kids with love and respect. I treat my wife most days with love and respect. I'm I'm a jerk sometimes. I acknowledge. I'm sorry, Shannon, if you're watching this, right? But I try to express my love and my care for the people around me every single day. I try to like, like, why do I go so hard in a room? Like if I'm in a room or if I'm on a session, why when I was planning to do 15 minutes, why do I do, I'm on minute number 50 right now? Because what if this is the only opportunity that I have to change your life, right? People are like, oh, why do you always talk about your website and your courses and your programs? Because I'm like, guys, I may never, I may never have another opportunity to tell you there's greatness to be had over here. If you go to studenttransformation.com, you will get better. I may never have another chance to tell you that. So I've got to go hard today. Today is the only moment. This is all I got right now with you right here. And I've got to make it count. And so I just encourage all of you guys, if you've been like, okay, next term, I'm going to get it together. Or you know what, next thing. Or like, there is no next thing, guys. It's right now. Tell your family you love them. Get serious about your education. Get serious about your future. Be about it. Right? Don't say, oh, you know what, I'm going to get informed you know what? I'm going to learn about the application when I go to apply. Learn now, today, right now. Don't say I'm going to start preparing for the MCAT. When I, no, no, prepare right now for the MCAT. Get, get on it right now. Like it's, it's why I hustle so hard because I recognize, even before I was vision, I recognize how short life can be. You know what I mean, one of my aunts died. Like it was, it was, it was crazy because I had just started residency, and she's young, 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 young. And she died suddenly out of nowhere. No one knew anything. Went to the hospital. She died like three days later. And you guys, I know you're young and you feel invincible. And that's why now y'all got health insurance because <laughs> you don't need it. Recognize you're not going to live forever. And life goes is long, but it can be short. It can go by slow, but it can go by fast. And I just encourage everyone 
to make the most of every single day, to get your preparation in, to work hard, to be intense, to act like it matters, to act like your life matters, to act like today matters in your life. Don't be lackadaisical because there's too many people out here who are lackadaisical about life, about their dreams. And I constantly am asking people, I'm like, well, what is your dream? What is like, is it really your dream? Because you seem very lackadaisical to me. <clears throat> the most important thing is to try to and inspire people so that they can be great in whatever they want to do. Inspire people, baby. Be, be someone who people inspire or aspire to be. Be someone who empowers people. It's easy to put people down. It's easy to be negative. It's easy to be someone who doesn't contribute to society. It's easy. Contribute. Be, be productive. Don't be destructive. Uplift. Anyway, that's all I got to say to you guys today. I hope you guys enjoyed this. I'm kind of discombobulated today because it's a, it is like it's emotional for me, not because like, but because Mamba mentality is so important. Why I say no excuses, just dominate, just like saying Mamba mentality. We have to dominate no matter why I don't want to work today, how tired I am, how sick I am sick is all get out today, guys. I'm super sick. I don't fly well. And then I get sick and now I'm sick. I flew this weekend. I'm sick. I don't feel like being on here. I had to go do a two-hour coaching session tonight with my study students right after this. But I push and I work and I go. No matter the excuse, I must dominate. I don't care that my throat feels like fire right now. I don't care that my nose is literally running right now. I'm trying to like stop it from running by like wiping my face. It's all, it is what it is. No excuses. We got to dominate. So I thank you guys for being here with me. I'm Dr. Pineset. If this is your first time here, I saw some people say this is their first time, take a second and subscribe. If you feel like someone needs this message today, take a second and share this message with them. Lastly, if you are ready to step up into your greatness and you're like, man, I want to be Kobe. I'm ready to get that mindset. I'm ready to be there. Then please, again, studenttransformation.com, guys. Get over there. Get into a course. Get into a coaching program and literally change your life. Make your life what it is, right? Because however long it is, today's the day. Take action. Seize it. Go get it. If you've been waiting to get one of my courses, there's no better time than right now. This moment. What do we always say? No excuses. Just dominate, guys. Go get the job done. Today is the day, guys. No more excuses. No more complaining. You're going to take your future in your own hands. You're going to dominate. You're going to be successful. Get to my website, studenttransformation.com. I challenge you. What are you going to do today to make your life better? If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure you guys take a second and subscribe to the Dominate Pre-Med Show so you never miss an opportunity to get better, to start getting closer to your best, to your greatness, and getting to medical school, guys. And if you need help, as always, guys, the website is studenttransformation.com. So take a second, subscribe to this podcast, share it with a friend, and then get over to studenttransformation.com and take that next step, guys. See you next episode.